Welcome to my Shoplifting Catch-22, the discussion of all things health, fitness, strength, and nutrition related. I'm your host, David Edgel. In this episode, Cash Anderson and Coach Ben Sant join us to discuss how to make tracking your nutrition easier through technology. Listen and learn as we explore how to use the macro calculator programs and mobile data loggers called wearables. All of those considerations lead us again to, well, I don't know how to track that, David. Let me tell you my first experience in Nutrition 101. Professor Joan Thompson, kudos to her. She really gave me some powerful tools to help other people. Joan, if you ever get to, to hear this, thank you very much for impacting my life. First thing in Nutrition 101 is we had to chart our food for a week. So we wrote it down pencil and paper. And then we had to go into the computer lab at the school and go through and find that food that we had charted. And it had a number code and we'd input the number code and select a serving size. It was very labor intensive to track the food and figure out what was in it. There's books out there. I think it's Bows and Church puts out a new edition every year. They used to about every single food that's produced from infant formula to vegetables to whatever. Fast forward a couple of decades. We now have tools that we carry around in our pocket that make this really simple. They're called macro calculators. Previous episode, we talked about macronutrients. Cash, what are our macronutrients? Protein, fat, carbs, alcohol. Those are the only things that we consume that produce calories. When we're dividing up our diet, we're dividing them into percentages, 30% this, 40% that, whatever it is. We're trying to find a balance of fuel that works for us. We can, we can term it in the automotive term of you don't put gasoline into a diesel engine or diesel into a gasoline engine. We try, we're trying to find the fuels that best work for our machine yep. and that match our activity levels that make us feel good. But how to track that, it can be a little intensive and a little intimidating. I used Lance Armstrong's My Daily Plate, found a better one that I like a lot more. It's a very popular one right now called My Fitness Pal. There are several others. Each of them have their strengths. Each of them have their weaknesses. There's so many, Dave. In fact, you know, before we before we met today, I said, let me go, let me go see what's out there. What'd you find? Too many. There were so many options out there. So instead of making direct recommendations, here I think are the three objectives. I want to recommend so they can pay us. Yeah, yeah, so I know, right? Somebody pays pay us. us. <laughs> so let's make our. Own. This is the one. So so this people. Is this is the, the one. This is the whole thing. This is an unbiased forum where we're trying to put stuff into your pocket that really works. Not because we're paid by somebody, but we're trying to make it to where it works for you and is accessible for you. So what is valuable to one person might be confusing to another. What are some of the things that you see are more successful in a, cal a macro calculator? Let let's look at it from a coaching standpoint. Yeah. So here's the three aspects that, it, that whatever macro tracker or calculator app you use, here's kind of the three aspects that you need to look for. One, how easy is it to log what you're eating? Because it's a lifestyle change, right? Yeah. Oh, if if, if oh, I when, have to when, go, if I if 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 it's like a night and day thing, if I have to take twenty minutes to try to input what I'm going to eat, chances are we're gonna we're gonna slack off. It isn't going to happen. So it was it was a real process when we did that first <laughs> thing in one hundred and one. It was a two weeks, and we got this very sliver of information. As a coach, for me, it used to be write it all down, bring in a food log, then I'll run it through my book. I'll look up everything. Imagine oh my gosh, Dave with a, a Commodore and an Abacus. Oh my gosh, I'm it just was giving you crap, was, Dave. Almost that. It was almost that. No, we've gone from Stone Age into very simple 
to where it's easy to chart now. That's what's great about an app, and that's why yep. that's why we're saying so. Whatever you do, you need an app. But the first thing is how easy it to log food, and then the second one is is since you're not going to be eating out as much, hopefully, and you're going to be eating to your ethnicity in making food, or maybe you do have people in your family that like to cook. How easy mm. it to actually create recipes? Because what's great is is that we know when we take raw ingredients or things out of the boxes, things out of the fridge produce, whatever it may be, even ingredients like seasonings and spices, I need to add that to create a recipe. And all that's going to add up to how many calories and, again, that the macros that are going to be derived of them to get my percentages. So when I'm looking at an app or a macro tracker, i got to say, how easy it for me? How easy is it for me to scan those ingredients? And what do you mean by scan? Scan. So here's the great thing, and I'm glad you brought that up. So most of them, and I have my phone here, and what a lot of them do, they will have like a built-in barcode scanner. So it uses the phone on your mobile device, whether it be an Android or Apple. I can literally scan the the at the SKU, the barcode on the back of that. Why it will is, tell me what so it, it scans is. the barcode? What does that mean? Basically, it's going to pull up the food, and it's going to break down the nutrients and the macros that are part of that food. Here's a life hack that most people are unaware. Every food that has a UPC code on it, the barcode, has to be registered with the FDA as everything that is in that. Micronutrients, your vitamins and minerals, and mm -hmm. macronutrients are registered. So when you scan that with your, your little gadget on your phone, it's already stored there and the information is very accurate. Though A lot of these apps are crowdsourced and crowdfunded. So since I can go scan whatever I want. It may be a new SKU, right? Because as we know in, in, mm -hmm. in consumerism, they might change the box, they might change the flavor. Uh, maybe they rebrand so that it has a new UPC code, not a SKU. I've been saying SKU, I mean UP. It's been a while since I've worked retail. So it has a different UPC code. So that product code may not have all the stuff logged in there. So what it'll let you do, it'll let you look it up and put in those numbers yourself. So a lot of these larger apps, one of these popular ones, users are allowed to add to that database in that library. So I'll go scan my bag of shredded cheddar cheese, right? That's what I like to go hide in the closet and eat by myself when I, when I need a moment. I'll scan that and maybe that's not in their database. So then I'll have to manually go look it up or look at the back of the label on the actual package, you know, um, the, the, the nutritional label part of me and actually input that. Well, what people are doing is people are cheating. So I'd scan my cheese and it would say, oh, this is in the database. I'd go, great. I'd click on it and it would say carbs, two grams, protein, one gram. Fat, zero grams. I'm like, wait a minute. There's no way this cheddar cheese has no fat in it. And I turn around and I look at the back of the package and by gosh, it has five grams of fat per serving. What you have to look out for is that even though you're able to scan and pull these things off the database, make sure that they're valid because that's where people cheat these apps to cheat themselves is that they will misrepresent and put inaccurate data in there. And so a lot of these better apps, they will have what they call verified foods. And that means whatever, whoever owns the app or moderates the app, they've confirmed that the macro and micronutrients in that nutritional label are accurate. So that's the second thing, how easy it is to scan and create recipes. And then the third thing is, again, how correct is that database? And I'd say the more popular apps have the most incorrect databases because, again, it's crowdsourced users adding whatever they want. So there's a simple fix for being able to, to double-check your, your data. Scan it all, Dave. All of the foods, 
if you just type in cheddar cheese, you're probably going to come up with a dozen different examples of cheddar oh, cheese. Oh, yeah. Medium, yep. mild, big shredded, mild shredded, Costco, Kroger, Western Family, whatever, you know. Tillamook. What it, every Tillamook. Yeah. I mean, it, it's out there. And so for me. So all you got to do is you go in and you look at a couple of those and they will generally be quite similar. One cup of you know, whatever, one ounce, let's go one ounce of cheese, and the protein will usually be the same across the examples. The fats will usually be very similar across the examples. Um, the carbs will be very similar across the examples. I've looked up spinach and come up with a couple of dozen That's examples. what I was going to say. Your raw ingredients are the yeah. hardest one. So that's the but, challenge. So people are like, Ben, I, I, I cooked with a bell pepper today. And sometimes, they, you know, they put the little sticker on there, you know, to, so you can type in the number at the grocery store instead of, you know, scanning it or trying to look it up. Some of these, they don't have an abundant or a UPC. Or right. if you're buying fresh meat from your butcher, obviously it's not coming from a factory. They're they're saran wrapping it, or should I say, you know, packaging it there. Right. So it's just going to say, like me, I eat a lot of lean ground beef. I eat the 93.7 or the 96 you know, the 96.4% lean. And since I buy that from my local grocer, it doesn't have anything in the system. So I had to do what Dave did. I had to do a little bit of research and say, okay, 93% lean ground beef. And I had to look at some of those and it took me a few minutes to kind of say average that out and then create that food. The good news was, is once I did it, it remembers it. All the apps I've used yeah. have remembered it. So then next time I use it, I don't have to go through the process again. It has your, yeah. in, in the application like that I like to use, it has your most common uses your saved foods, your saved recipes, and your mm -hmm. saved meals. Let's say you're eating something very similar on a specific meal. You can save that. Let's say it's two whole large eggs mixed with your pr favorite protein powder. And yes, most of these applications will have your protein powder if it's got a UPC code on it. You can put those together and say, hey, this is my high protein shake and save it to your application. So mm -hmm. the next time you try and apply that to your day, all you got to do is punch that and it's automatically and here, saved. And here's the other thing I love too, Dave. A couple of them out there now instead of just having like a barcode scanner say like it's not in the system it'll actually let you take a picture of the nutritional information chart and it'll actually just like you were to take a picture of a check you're going to cash on your app or load your credit card to your mobile wallet it does the same thing so instead of having to type in all those nutrients i literally can take a picture and most of the time unless they use some weird font and again they're, they're pretty adamant, the government, at least here in the States, is pretty adamant on what font is actually on that nutritional label. It picks it up, so it's really easy to do. What and app does that? Uh, I think uh, Lose It's the one that I've been recommending to my customers. Lose It. Uh, my Fitness Pal is another one. Uh, again, there's so many of them out there. And, and my thing is, the next part is, is okay, do I have to pay for these apps? Because there are yeah. a lot of purchase and so, ads. And, and I want to talk about that because there is some differences that I've you I've used when My you Fitness Pal for about 12 years. I've never paid for it because as a coach, the reason why I use it as a coach, there are settings that allow my clients to give me access instantly into what yeah. their diet is. So if they're struggling on a day, it's like, hey, I don't feel good today. I can go in and see what they've eaten and there's no delay time. They don't have to bring me yeah. a food log days later. I can look at it and say, oh yeah, you're way behind on this. If you bring this up, you'll probably feel you know much better. Yeah, so shareability um, is another big factor. I've never had the the necessity of paying for the extra because the tools that I use as a coach are all right there. But cash, we talked about this last week. He's, he says, I've paid for the paid version of my fit, fitness pal because it gives him some specific tools that are not accessible through the free version. Absolutely. So yeah. cash, what, what do you find that it works really well for you with the paid version? So paying for the premium on my fitness pal, I think is completely worth it. Besides taking away the ads. 
right? Yeah, the ads is a big part. That's that's nice not to have any ads, but also it lets you basically set up your interface to exactly what you want to track. What do you mean by that? So if you want to see your percentages, if you want to see the grams, if you want to see ounces, you can set it up to be that so way in your macros. When we sat down before, we we figured out according to your Dexabod scan that your calorie burn was about 3,400 to 3,800 calories projected. It's a hot furnace cache. It was, was 2,800 resting me- metabolic rate plus your activity levels put it in that 34 to 38. Yeah. And then we decided that we wanted about 300, 310 grams of protein, right? Yeah, 300. Cash is a V8. Uh, no, he's, he's a, a diesel. diesel man. He's, he's a diesel. A diesel. He burns diesel. Twelve valve. Yeah, that's he, a lot of that's a lot of total daily expenditure. He, he burns. <laughs> if I wish he, I burned that much. If he just laid down on on the couch and did nothing, just to breathe, he he burns almost double of what a normal uh, another normal human being would, because he's got twice the lean tissue. It needs to be fed. It needs to uh, have glycogen balance. But because of his genetics, like we've discussed in eating for your ethnicity, if he feeds it wrong, it just turns into body fat or body problems. He's so, one hot operating system. So sorry to derail you. So Cash, what are some of the other features you like besides no so ads? Yeah, one thing I enjoy is I can set the names of my meals because I eat six times a day. And so I set them as a time period. My first meal is between 6.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. And that just keeps me on my toes. I got to eat at this time. I look at the clock. I'm like, okay, I need to eat a meal. That's one thing that I've found is very restrictive with some some macro calculators. They they do this traditional breakfast, lunch, dinner, yeah, and snack and, and snack. And it gives it's you like, basically four. It gives you basically four feed. Categories. Well, you, you go to yeah. Denny's and you can get breakfast all day long. So breakfast is useless to me. What what calories did I eat? So there are people doing intermittent fasting that they go a long period of time without eating and then they they do a narrow window of their calories. I love the ability to program different names or different descriptors of when you're going to eat. I love using the time frame thing because yep. it's this is how many calories I'm getting from this time period to this time period, and I, I think it helps keep a person tracking their fluctuations of calories up and down throughout the day. Yeah. And like we talked about last week is I'm changing my diet every day. Some like on Mondays, cause I have a hard training day on Tuesday, I eat a little more carbs and I can set that up in my, in my fitness pal to set. All right. On the premium side, on the premium side, I'm eating 35% instead of 30 on Mondays. And then on Fridays, I'm doing the same thing. So on those two days, my macros actually change in the app. And so my, it just tracks it differently each day. If you want to hear about why we came to those conclusions with cash, listen to our episode three in fundamentals of nutrition. We explain why he fluctuates his, his percentages up and down throughout the week for his optimal performance. And then also I can track, I can change my calorie intake per meal on the app. Like my breakfast I have set up to be 600, 680 calories. And it has it right there in the app. So I'm like, all right, I need to eat that, that amount of calories at that time. And then my next one's a little smaller because I don't need all the calories right then. I I have the second meal set up as 340. So I can just get some calories in and not bloat myself and overeat. And these are conclusions you've come to by really listening to your body yeah. saying, hey, if I eat 500 calories every time, it doesn't make me feel right when I'm supposed to feel right. It's too little at one point, yeah. too much at another point. Yep. There's two other two other features I, I challenge people to look for. Um, from personal experience in coaching. One, and I know some of the apps, it's, it's part of the paid deal, is being able to plan your meals in advance. 
So for me, for an accountability factor with the app that I use when I'm tracking, I can lay down and log what I'm going to eat for the next day and into the future. And then so when I go there, it's not like, oh, what did I so eat? So it's proactive I rather than reactive. Absolutely. And I, I found, and at least with, with, with my clients and people I train, they're more apt to stick to the plan when it's laid out in front of them. So I know exactly right now what I'm going to be eating tomorrow for my, for my meals. Yeah. And if it changes, of course, I can go edit it. But it allows that future logging. So yep. that is a feature I'd look for. And then the other one that um, I'd make sure that you all look at, a lot of people now have wearables. They either have a Fitbit or a, in me, I'm a Garmin wearer just because I'm really hard on devices. I want to make sure that there is um, an API or it actually connects to that logging app. So, so when I when I exercise, my watch is logging that activity. Those calories are logging to there. So I don't have to go record my exercise. It's automatically going into my... I've never recorded my exercise. So I have so. a client who is frames construction frames houses for a living and we had a very interesting experience last year doing exactly what you were just talking about he altered his eating in june he dropped about 20 30 pounds and then stopped dead when when we started talking about it i said well you haven't adapted your eating you've got leaner and you haven't increased your calories your your reservoirs kind of run dry and your body needs more calories and we got him using a heart rate monitor that tracked his actual heart rate related to his activity levels. Now, you do hard physical labor, you're going to be burning a lot more calories than just sitting at a desk pushing a, 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 a mouse around or whatever. But it was shocking to work. him that <laughs> we, we started to pump his calories up and all of a sudden he started dropping body fat again. Dropped almost another 15 pounds. What? You mean month. he ate more, Dave, and he yeah. lost weight? He put, the, he put the fuel on the fire. He is at the same point again where he's realized that that input from his his device is saying that he's burning almost triple the calories that his baseline has predicted. So his his baseline I think was like 2400 calories, but he's hanging trusses on a on a roof of a house and he can be burning 6 or 7000 calories in a day. That is such a huge deficit. Cortisol levels go off the chart, his body is in survival mode and everything ends up off. That is a thing that I like either an external addition to predict very specifically what your calories are or if you if you don't have the money to do that some of the apps you can go in and actually add in your exercise your physical activity and it will give you a, a general projection of like with cash his projection with dexabod was 2800 calories sitting around calories but because of his extra physical activity 34 to 3800 calories was where we're trying to maintain if you want it specific from day to day and if you're struggling on getting your body composition where you want it to be you might want to think about a, a wrist wearable or even even well, more, a, a heart rate monitor absolutely and, and what i found is if a person is in too great of a calorie deficit their body will stop dropping body fat it goes into survival mode women it's about a 250 uh, calorie deficit men is about a 350 calorie deficit i don't know why the difference but if there's too much of a deficit your body just it gets too stressed and it stops cold so getting that external input to be more specific otherwise you're just guessing all of this is a guess but the more educated of a guess, the better we're going to make the progress. That's why I recommend, and that's why I said I'm not trying to sell everyone wearables, but I know most people out there are looking for an easy button. And that's what, at least for me, that is my version of an easy button is that I don't have to go and log my exercise and try to guess, oh, yeah. okay, sure. I got on the treadmill. It was on an incline and I did um, 10 minutes at three miles an hour. And it was, was it medium, low, high, or extra high intensity? I don't have to do that. It, it just, it just helps me there do are it books that, that chart all of that very specifically and 
I, as a professional, do not have the time to go through and and log the difference on every one of those things. So John Q. Public ain't either. No. I mean, I don't want to go no, look at it's, that it's, stuff. It's, it's like, just, it's just time. give me an I, idea. Get, tell me how long to run. Tell me how much to lift. Tell me how much to eat and, and make it happen. Let's break it down into a formula of success. Well, the more precise you can do it, the more likely you are to succeed. So the fact that we do have some of this technology available is amazing because we can take what used to be an educated guess and say, hey, my heart rate was exactly at this. During the time that I was working out with you, I burned exactly 788 extra calories over over what my normal was and if you can program for that and compensate for that your body will not be exhausted threatened beat down beat up it will you'll be able to fuel it very precisely most people don't know that both ben and cash are into motorsports they really enjoy formula one how much does a formula one race car make horsepower right now just over a thousand how many cylinders six part of it's electrical we know that there's yeah uh how much how much did an old V8 formula used to make? About eight. Okay. How much did a V12 make way back in the win? It was probably right around six, seven. Bigger engine, less horsepower. Why are they getting better horsepower out of these machines now? Technology. Technology. We're a machine. They're hybrids. We're a machine. Yeah. If we tune our fuel injection, we're going to get more out of us if Absolutely. we are more precise than that. Yep. So here's here's my only caveat and disclaimer I'm going to put out there that I've I've witnessed with several wearables. They get addicted to the technology. I've had people in tears because they didn't get their steps for the day. And again, it, they're not hyper accurate. I wouldn't say these are medical grade devices. I mean, I, whether it be a Fitbit or a Garmin, I mean, uh, it even says or this is no way to, you know, diagnose anything, you know, hypertension or an arrhythmia or, or you know, I, my heart rate's always too high. I mean, it wears on the wrist. It's not as good as going to the heart doctor or wearing a halter monitor home or something like that. Or, you know, even the ones that do uh, oxygen saturation it's not going to diagnose your sleep apnea. My thing is, is people out there will get emotionally attached to these. And I've seen that kind of hurt them a little bit where, you know what? My workout was only 40% today because according to my wearable that connected to my app, I, I burned 200 calories less than what I did yesterday, even though I feel like I did the same amount of effort. I would just say out there, use these to help you um, make it an easy button. But at the same time, don't get emotionally attached to that as your as your measure of effort and work. If we, if we retain... The presence of mind to understand that there's no such thing as perfect. Yes. Then, then we're going to be okay. If we wear them with intent, then it becomes a tool. If we wear them out of habit, it becomes a crutch. So everything that we're trying to do is purposeful, but there's no such thing as a perfect meal. There's no such thing as a perfect workout. There's no such thing as a perfect day. There is moving through life with intent and, and violence and focus. And if we can do those things, then we're more likely to get to where we want to be with fewer hiccups. Don't expect that a macro tracker is going to fix your eating habits. It will make, <laughs> yeah. make you aware of the it's habits. Gonna, it's, it's vulnerable. And, and that's, and Same with people, a DEXA you are still accountable to everything that, that you put in your mouth. You are still accountable to every drop of sweat or sitting on the couch in front of a TV. Is it okay to sit in, on the couch in front of a TV? Yeah, we all need a break. Is it okay to do things that are entertaining and amusement, amusing in life? Yeah, as long as you have your responsibilities covered. But every one of these things can move us towards a greater understanding of what it takes to be healthier and, and more fit with less complications. Thank you for joining us for this episode of My Shoplifting Catch-22. I hope you will take advantage of this information so that you can better manage your nutrition. If you have not yet subscribed to our podcast, 
I invite you to subscribe now so that you can be notified of our next episode. I also invite you to share this episode with friends, family, and workout buddies that will also benefit. Come visit us at myshoplifting.com and join our community with a digital membership subscription for workouts, exercise programming, recipes, and easy-to-understand video instruction. If you have questions, feel free to contact us and let us help you in your fitness journey. Join us again next time as we continue the conversation.